This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, we finally have basketball back. How, how we doing? I'm great. I mean, with all respect to the football fans out there, to hell with football season. <laughs> we had games to scout last night. Um, and as everyone's listening to this on Friday morning, we'll have another game to scout later in the evening. So I'm doing fantastic. Life seems a little normal now. Um, how about you, Metcalf? It was a fun one on playback. Thanks for everyone that, that joined us last night. We had a great time. Maxwell, Steven, myself, and Metcalf. We had a, a very, very fun time. It just felt right to have, you know, the draft talk around. How are you doing? Fantastic. We had sort of real basketball back. We, we, we had te- televised competitive exhibition games back uh, in the draft world, obviously, because, you know, we, we know FIBA's going on, but that's a whole different animal. Um, yeah. The, the playback stream for the first game was a ton of fun. Um, great crowd, great questions, great conversations, had a blast with it. Um, but it, it, it was kind of our first taste and our first opener of this draft class kind of going up against each other. A uh, lot of big names for this upcoming draft class and them competing uh, with and against each other. So it, it was just what I'm really hoping is a continuing trend of what the G League Ignite starts to do going forward, where they have these preseason matchups with some of the foreign teams, um, especially with the NBL going forward. They seem to be really committed to creating some of these developmental teams and developmental routes for foreign um, prospects as well. So I'm hoping in the future we continue to get games like this that we got uh, Wednesday and Friday night. Uh, similar to what we got last year between the ignite and Victor. Um, it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to have all eyes kind of back on the all, all basketball eyes back in the draft world in early September, which feels wild. It's been an awesome development ever since they did it last year with, you know, Victor coming over to play against scoot. I think it's something that if it can happen, it should be a yearly occurrence. Um, we kind of joked about it last night on playback. We were like, you know, if, if there's ever a top prospect at FC Barcelona, I don't think they're coming overseas <laughs> yeah. to to tr- try to play the Ignite. But, you know, I think it's a, it's a great almost recruiting pitch now for some of these other teams that might not be in the EuroLeague of like, hey, come here. You're, we'll, we have an exhibition planned against the Ignite. Or, you know, if you land here, we, we'll make something happen again gives you a great showcase and we're seeing how awesome it is the last couple of years when it comes to exposure for these young kids. And now all of a sudden 
you know, the Ignite moving a couple of years ago from Walnut Creek, California to Henderson, Nevada, being right down the street from Vegas is just humongous for executives because they get to go to Vegas um, for guys, you know, like us. I'm already trying to plan uh, to go to Vegas to kind of double dip with seeing the Ignite and the college basketball showcases. So it's, it's awesome. Now it's really easy to get to, to see these guys. And I think with the international showcase, it's brilliant. So it was an exciting one last night. Um, and it just shows again, like you can do a lot of damage in 24 hours or, or a couple hours if you have mm-hmm. a good game. And now all of a sudden there's a lot of guys that are buzzing fans are excited to talk about it already and a couple of these guys are probably one more impressive showing away from making a quick early surge up some boards now i know like there's some guys that are already up there but this is when you make a heck of a case of like you need to pay attention to me all year and i think that's you know what we saw last night it was awesome game everything i wanted to see yeah um i the Ignite team ended up beating Perth by about 20. I think it was like 124 to 104, something in that, uh, give or take a couple points. But a lot of big names in this. Uh, Hot takes and overreactions are going to be welcome and probably plentiful throughout this episode because we only have one game to go off of. We're having some fun. It's still September. Plenty of time for boards, rankings, opinions, evaluations to change. But we're just going to kind of run through this game and who we liked who we didn't like and just kind of break down a lot of the big players rucker where where do you want to start i want to start with who i thought was the most impressive guy um alexander sar if, if you're cool with that mr metcalf i would love to, to talk about it so for all of those that are getting caught up to speed um sar has been kind of buzzing overseas mainly with France playing, you know, some FIBA stuff. He's played in overtime elite. Um, and his FIBA stuff was impressive. We, I feel like mm-hmm. we've talked about him a little bit before this game even happened. And I was like, there's very impressive flashes. Like he, I love when guys motors are just cooking always. And it's clear with him that sometimes it's almost like he's overkill when it comes yeah. to like, he just needs to slow down and, that's a good problem to have. Like we always say, like, I think all coaches would always need to pull the reins back. They would prefer that than trying to get a guy to play harder. And with Sar, I'm never, ever worried. He's playing hard. He's always all over the place. He's trying to make an impact. But I think last night, you know, you see the the reports like seven foot, seven one. Um, everyone's like, ah, oh, he's a little thin framed. But like, man, when he was just moving on that court, you were like seven one. He, I mean, he looked like a athletic wing running out there. And then you got to remember, like seven one with a lot of tools that really popped last night. And you get intrigued with. Um, he finished with seventeen point seven rebounds and six blocks on six of thirteen shooting, two for three from downtown. And I feel like the threes look good. Um, he's got like that hurt that little almost odd form but it's more of like a big man that can space it out where we kind of throw the like hey you don't need to look like ray allen shooting threes if you're seven one um i don't know Metcalf. i was very very impressed like there's gonna be a lot of overreactions like you just said thank you for saying that a lot of overreactions and i'm welcoming them it's september 7th yeah we're having fun top five 
Maxwell dropped up, dropped that on us last night. Um, I know some others have uh, have him up in that range. I can't quite get there w- yet. Overreaction. Where did you have him before the game last night? Because uh, like and our 25? big words are not done for everyone. Okay, I had him at twenty um, because I thought this I was going to take a while. I, I have him in my top ten now. I have him at fourteen. I think I yeah. moved him up to like six during the second half. I'm like, let let's <laughs> let's calm down. <laughs> like I, I'm all for drastic movements on the board, but it's been one game. You know, a, a yes. ten to twelve spot leap is uh, I, I I think worthy to start with. If he comes back and does this again Friday night, then we'll talk about making that other jump. And if he does this for the first month of play, then okay, now, now I can get into that top five. For people who have already had him there, well done. Then it's yeah, the, everything he showed last night is solidifying what they thought. And one of the cool things about what we've done these last couple of years with really diving into the FIBA stuff early and the high school stuff early is that we've been able to kind of track these guys a little longer. Uh, last summer. We talked about SAR during the FIBA U17, and it was like, God, the tools there are crazy, but it was, can the mental aspects of the game catch up? Can the processing, decision-making, um, rotations, timing, positioning, all of that catch up to the insane physical tools because you saw flashes, but then there just wasn't that consistency possession by possession by possession. OTE, a lot of the similar stuff, he never really popped and jumped off the screen there FIBA U19 this last summer steps in the right direction but it was still a lot of the same stuff and I came into this this game with a lot of those same questions of god the the mental aspects of the game just don't quite seem to be there yet and then they tipped off and he pretty much answered all of those questions and it was like oh this looks like a guy who has made significant leaps in the matter of months over the summer the physical tools are all insane still super springy really light on his feet just glides in the open court but now in this game his rotations were on point he was kicking the ball out of the mid post he was his decision makings were or his decision making was a lot sharper he was kind of tracking rebounds a lot more effectively. All of the little things that we really didn't see from him on a possession-by-possession possession basis with positioning and decision-making, they all popped last night. And some of these box scores that we're going to talk about during this episode are going to be really inflated. He earned every single one of those numbers, and they really accurately represent the type of impact he had on that game. I, I couldn't agree more. I for everyone, like we have a while before our first big boards are due for no ceiling. So, spoiler alert. But when I say like, oh, I moved them up into my top 10, it's like I'm at a point now where if I like a guy, I just like move them up yeah. and I'm like, I'll figure it. I'll tinker with it out. So like he's in my top 10 right now. It's I'm going to have to figure out where I watch him. But that's a performance. Like he had 17, 7 and 6. It felt like he had 28, 13, and 6. (laughs) Yeah. It just felt dominant. He was everywhere. And it was just one of those. He had a sequence. Um, It was, I've watched it like 40 times this morning. Where it's like a tip dunk. He came down. Unbelievable recognition of like, I think he was at the left elbow on defense and 
realize analyzed that Bazellus was cutting back door on the baseline. He slides down, rejects him at the top of the uh, right at the rim, gathers himself quickly, gets right on Bazellus, and then blocks him again. And I was just like the instincts, like that's where the high motor. And I think I wanted to back you up what you just said because you're like. Um, you were just talking about like the, the lap, the lapses, the basketball, like, yeah. And it's like, I don't think you're pointing out like he wasn't a smart player. I think no, you're just no. pointing out the game was moving fast yes. when we were yes. talking before. Like, yeah, it was lapses where it was like, just let's get the things to slow down. And it wasn't from a lack of effort or just like, it, it, was, like it was reactive, not yes. anticipatory. And thank you. Last night there was anticipation yes. reaction with purpose, which I was just like, Oh my goodness. I mean, he's, He's switching on a guy's blocking three point shots. He was just everywhere. It, it's like when your your favorite team in the NBA is in a playoff series, and one guy's just having a night where he's just dominating, and you're just like, get this guy off the damn court. <laughs> like Sar was just everywhere last night, and it was such a joy to watch. And that's why I believe Friday, like we we always say with scouting, like. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Like we're all going to have to come back down to earth before Friday. But if Do he it. does this again, <laughs> man, woo, those boards are going to be cooking folks. And, and it's well-deserved. Like mm -hmm. my only question talking to you, talking to everyone in the draft sphere with him, like I, Bryce Simon, shout out Bryce. Like he, he's been texting me about, sorry. He's like, what are you thinking? I was like, he has the tools. It's just, can everything get on the same page? Yeah. And it was like, I love how hard he plays. I love the athleticism. I think he's got a great frame to build with. A um, lot of aw awesome potential. It's just can the, his high motor and the speed of the game sort of get on the same road to where things are slowing down. And last night, he looked so confident. He yes. looked like, I, I'm the guy. This feels great. I'm in the right place. This team's going to help me. Like, it just is confidence is the most important thing with prospects. We always say that. And I think we saw it last night. Yeah. And just kind of circling back to the, the, the mental aspects and things slowing down for him and him just really reading the all aspects of the game. It, it's really a really, really hard skill for players to develop, especially ones with his freakish athletic tools because so often it is really easy for guys that age to just rely on the athletic tools and be like i am just a better athlete than everyone else out here and i'm gonna thrive on that and for a lot of guys they do and it can it, it can take them to really exciting places but it has a really defined ceiling on what they their whole career will be so i think the fact that we're seeing him make this leap with his processing and awareness um, and instincts in such a short amount of time is just a real testament to the work that he's been putting in and just makes the, his, you know, projecting him forward two, three, four, five years from now, so much more exciting than it already was. I, I had him so low preseason on just my very quick, rough board. Like I had him at around 20 because my, thought process was and i told this to bryce um when we were talking about him i was like he might be a guy that if you got him at a certain range and you waited a little bit and just let everything come together you're gonna get a contract extension as a gm like he might be the dream developmental guy 
where it's just like it it's just a matter of time before everything comes together now it's like whoa like here was this raw potential guy i saw and now all of a sudden it's it's come together in just one off season like it's just really awesome yeah like, look, this is bigs take time and sometimes they click out of mm-hmm. nowhere and right now it looks like it's starting to click before the season even started it's awesome sorry go ahead Metcalf. no just a lot last night he looked like a guy where if you pass on him you're losing your job yeah and which, he, he, which he is look, not what i expected he looks like he's also realizing how good he can be yeah which is a very dangerous and awesome world to be entering this young this early in a year because now he's got that confidence and it's only going to make him want to work harder. It's only going to make his developmental curve even higher where it comes to like, woo, we're, we're thinking big now folks. Yeah. Business is booming for, for Alex Sar. So I, I just, this is the curveball we wanted very quickly. Now all of a sudden we're like, Hey, all those people doubt in the 24 class, things are might get a little interesting here, you know? And, all of a sudden, we get a couple of guys at college that start popping, and you never know. There's always good players in every class. You just got to find them. And because there's no consensus, number one, I think that makes this class even more exciting this year. All right, l- l- let's play a little, um, a little game, America's favorite game, a little bit of this or that. Um, Sar or Filipowski? Sar. Okay. I'm Sar- get so much crap here. This is overreaction, but. I- Upside, I, I would want. Yeah, upside, I'd want Sar. Oh yeah, um, Sar or Buzelis. Sar, Sar or Castle. Castle. Okay, Sar or Holland. Hmm. I-, I think they're right there, both of them. Push. Um. <laughs> I'll be honest. Last night, I would have taken Sar, and I really like Holland, but I think Sar's Sar showed last night you might be able to build around him. And I'm overreacting right now. Like I'm, I'm just saying what I saw last night, what I'm projecting a whole season of growth. He looked like a problem on the court, and this is nothing to take away against Ron Holland. We're going to talk about him plenty, but. Sar just looked like, oh gosh, he has mm-hmm. a lot of tools. <laughs> like, and um, yeah, I would take Sar. Okay. Uh, My board's before we move- completely screwed now. <laughs> Thanks. Before we move on, um, w- were there any kind of lingering red flags with Sar or things that you still have questions about? Um, I, I, obviously, I'm not saying that he's answered everything that you've ever questioned with him because it is just one game. But was there anything that you saw in that game from him that made you kind of pause or like mm, wish you would have done this instead or anything like that well i think do, do, are you in agreement with all those answers for this or that or do you have uh n- not quite because i'm trying to limit my overreaction going off of just last night's game i get it um i Hol- holland is gonna be tough for me because one more game he he his second half last night was so impressive. So maybe yeah. that answer is, you know, we'll put that in limbo. Um, of the ones I named, Holland and Castle are the only ones I have over him. Yeah. I, 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 have, have, I have Sar at 14 for what it's worth. Yeah. 
No, I, I'd I'd probably go Holland. Whatever. Let's. That's a good one though. Right now, it's that's an overreaction one. Um, I'd probably still pump the brakes and say Holland. Okay. Um, last night, I don't want to see that. He had he had the only thing that bugged me. He had like an elbow jumper that I was like he probably could have taken one dribble in and finished that with athleticism around the basket. But I think also he's trying to show off his jump shot. Like I, I think guys get it. Um, I don't know. I mean. The frame worried me, and then last night with just how fluid and mobile he was, I was like, yeah, this works. What about you? You got anything that kind of jumped at? It's hard to get mad at him defensively because he had six blocks, and I right. felt his impact yeah. all the time. I was like, gosh, he's everywhere. Um, shoot more? Like, I... I my so, biggest so, thing so are you is, really buying the shot? It it looks you know what I'm buying? I'm buying that he took three threes. And that's it. Like I'm buying that he was efficient. He didn't look to like, I'm gonna go try to make threes. I think right. he just was like, This is open, I'm taking it. I, it's one of those things where maybe maybe like a mid-range. If he I I need some versatility now offensively. I'm trying to like run back his whole game. So like mm-hmm. Friday, if he's getting some face-up opportunities or he's trying to do some stuff on the block, sort of same questions we had last year with Victor. We're like, okay, you got some tools, you got mm-hmm. some athleticism. Let's let's see how the rest of everything's looking because like he had that one transition play where you're just looking at him and he took yeah. off and threw a tomahawk down and I was like, oh my gosh, that looked just like Victor last year. It was like creepy. It was like the same. Same hoop, same type of dunk. I was just like, okay, deja vu. But I think I just need to see flashes of versatility all year. And we might not get them as fast as we got Victor's answer yeah. last year. So what about you? Um, I still have a lot of shots with the question or questions. Questions with the, with shot. the shot. There we go. Uh, words. Um, Is it just because it's funky will, and on the yeah, side? And it's kind of like that trebuchet release that that catapult where he yeah. just kind of launches it um it i feel like the shooting mechanics look a lot like valentunas obviously very Ooh, different players one. but just that release where i'm not sure he's gonna be necessarily a shooter um but i don't think he'll ever be like a non-shooter because going back to fiba u17 he's always stretch the floor or at least tried to so i think that's encouraging the willingness and the confidence to shoot i think he has a pretty good touch with the shot too it's just the the mechanics are a little funky so it's like with that release is he ever going to be a high 30 percent shooter i'm skeptical but if he's just if he's 34 percent on like two to three pick and pop stuff or trail threes a game that's probably enough um I, I really like that you brought up like the versatility because uh, I, I think the handle for his position at his age is okay, but I would like to see a little more versatility with it and effectiveness with it in the half court where when he gets the ball in the mid post or the post, he can do something a little more dynamic with it, like a face up rip through a spin move, something like I don't need him breaking down guys constantly, but you know, a, two, three, four dribble dribble or like on ball creation package, um, which is a lot easier said than done would be a 
beautiful development in his game and just really add to that kind of offensive versatility. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's where you're just excited about the foundation right now that he has, yeah. because those are areas of like sweeteners where it's like, okay, he can, he could get much better in a gym with a, a focus of just working on like, okay, handles or just yeah. post-up moves. Like those are areas where you're like, okay, we can work there and get better there quickly. Jalen Brown is coming out of college is my, always my favorite example. Like everyone makes fun of his handles last year. And it's like, well, go watch his college stuff and see where he's come from. So I, I, I think just last night, the impact of him just playing, like just being a basketball player just popped to me. I was like, yeah. okay. And now there's confidence, which is going to have him doubling down to like, let me go work on my game. I just need, like you say, I think if he, his best path is not to have someone say like, Hey, you, you should move out to be a three point shooter. He needs to be a guy that like, I hit a couple in the game and now you have to guard me. Right. Where, where he can then leverage like that, that pump and go where, when he does pick and pop, a guy has to close out on him and then a little shot fake and he's blowing past him. It's kind of simple stuff like that. I think would do wonders for him. And I, I don't ever throw this name around, but it's the mentality of like what he needs to add to his game. But like Kevin Garnett was not a three point shooter, but he would hit that outside shot and then you would have to come up on him. And then he put it on the ground and hit you with, you know, finishing or across the lane with a finger roll or hitting you with the shoulder shimmy and then turn around. Like, that's where I think this the shot reps need to come to almost say like, I, I can hit this shot. Now you better come up and guard me. And then he can start to pick people apart because he's got the first step for his size to really get around people and beat them off the dribble. It's just, everything's going to have to come together with the handles. Like you said, he's going to have to get some footwork, but I'm never going to be worried about SAR working on his game. Yeah. We're playing hard. So um, just outstanding first performance. And, this is where I just pray to the basketball gods, like just give us one more really solid game because if he just like has a terrible game, I'll be like, oh no, I have to have an emotional war with my mind for the next month. So, okay, uh, where do you want to go next? You want to go with Holland or do you, what? Or do you want to? You tell me. Talk about your boy you, Buzelis. You, you steer the ship. Uh, let's talk about Holland. What, what, give me your thoughts, Metcalf. I hate when you just grill me like. You always want my answers. Let's hear from you too. What did you think of Ron Holland? What was your expectations? What were where are you at now? Um, it looked a lot of the same to me. Okay, okay. and I, that that's not a negative. Um, because he's a hell of a player coming in it coming into the season. I don't think he necessarily did anything to hurt his stock. Um, that step back three certainly helped. That was nasty. Um. His what what just continues to blow me away every time I watch him is his ability to accelerate. And for a lot of guys, that's only an open court thing. Uh, it certainly is with him, but he also does it in the half court where there were a couple drives, whether it's a jab, step and go or coming off of a DHO where he just goes from zero to a hundred in about a step and a half and his long stride, strong frame, it allows him to get downhill so freaking easily that it's like a lot of guys I kind of worry about if that's their go-to thing where it's like, 
that that becomes a lot less effective as you scale up. But when it's at such a level that his is where he just gets shot out of a cannon um, and then he doesn't have any fear going into traffic and attacking the rim with force. It's like, okay, this is a real go-to base level skill for you. That's an NBA ready skill. That is really something that you can build off of in the long term. And we saw that where he had that step back three, where he faked, feigned the drive and then, you know, cut and then cut it back and hit a step back three. Uh, he had a, a mid range pull up that kind of did the same thing. So as he continues to develop his game, having that lethal driving and first step ability is going to allow him to really diversify and build what hopefully a really unique and kind of creative and explosive offensive arsenal. I, he had Maxwell brought this up last night and, and I was so pumped that he brought it up before the game started on playback. And it was the same question I had going into the game where I was like, I'm not worried about Ron Holland as a transition player. I'm not worried about Ron Holland in the open court. Mm-hmm. I need to see what he can do in the half court because I've watched plenty of his high school games and when he has a head of steam and he's got, you know, the ball in his hands and grab and go full court. Yeah. It's tough to stop Ron Holland, but in the half court, there's some times where I was like, okay, what are you doing? Like, how are you making an impact? Because everyone's going to talk about a shot. We're going to talk about it all year. Um, and I've always kind of considered him just to be like, he's just a wild man on the court. Like he's just kind of one of those, he can come out of nowhere and tip dunk, or he's a garbage man. He's just a high energy guy that can try to make a, an impact in so many different ways. And last night feel like we were waiting for all the nervousness or the butterflies with some of these top guys to kind of get out of the way. And, um, I feel like Ron and Buzella's kind of got to a slow start. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. like who's going to finally kind of find their groove. And then Ron kind of had a couple buckets happen where I, yeah. I, I had to, Jason Hart ran a great play out of the timeout where it was like kind of a handoff for Ron full speed mid court. Like, and I was like, here you go. And then I think that got him going. And then he had that step back, like Metcalf just brought up. I was most impressed with his second half in game adjustments because he adapted very quickly for his first game, kind of got out of the gate a little slow. And then you were like, okay, Ron woke up and it was awesome. He was Mm -hmm. all over the place. You could tell he was pumped. I got a technical foul, which is hilarious. Like it's also going to happen a lot with a lot. And that's just the type of player he is. He's a dog on the court. Going back to FIBA U 17, after they beat France in the finals, he was talking crap to the entire bench and was, it may have may or may not have caused it a bit of a scuffle. Yes. And that's what you you want to draft. If you have wrong, you're like, uh, we want to draft the alpha mentality. We want to get this six, eight high motor athletic, wing that just wants to be out there and he's going to play his butt off and you know the step back is going to be a a clip that's running in our heads for probably a couple couple of weeks um i'm intrigued i the second half made me like all right ron yep top five i'm 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 feel good about it now first Mm -hmm. half i was like yeah let's see but that's what i love about these games because it took him a half of basketball to adjust and be like, okay, I can find my spots. I can make an impact blah blah ball. I, I think he passed the test flying colors. And I, I, him and Sar were just the guys to me. 
they just looked like, oh yeah, those are the two. Those two right there look like they're ready to roll. And um, I have a feeling that opinion will change throughout the year because other guys are going to get comfortable. But my overreaction is Saar and Ron Holland. Woo. Check and check. So with Holland, obviously when guys get talked about as the number one overall pick, we that the expectations that come with that selection are NBA superstar, MVP, franchise cornerstone. I don't think that's always necessarily fair given the, what the draft class is. And you can only kind of be compared to um, the guys in your class and, and not necessarily the previous ones, because that's just a, a constantly moving bar of expectations. So with Holland, was there anything that he showed last night that kind of changed your opinion on what he could be down the road um, than what he showed you in previous FIBA or at hoop summit or in high school? again it's just one game so but was did did it look like he had made any meaningful steps in growth or was it him just kind of adjusting to the speed and physicality of playing against other pros i think i i i think he looked exactly what i wanted him to look like last night um and some prospects, some young players, if they start the gate out slow, might get a little down and the confidence might be lacking. And I feel Ron was just like, all right, bet, let's go. Let's, and he figured out yeah, how to find his groove on the court, which stands out to me more than, you know, he had 23 points, five rebounds, three steals, nine for 13 from the field. Stands out to me more than the box score because he found a way to be like, all right, let me adapt and figure out a way to make my own success and he was also throwing dimes like i know he only had one assist but he was making good passes he, he i think he had an alley-oop to bazellus like he was playing bouncing around and and you could tell that once things started to click yeah it was awesome i still feel right now like i don't know if there's a number one guy and that does not i'm saying a number one option yeah and that does not mean it's a bad class it's just like like what I keep doing is I go and I'm looking at some of the teams that are just projected to be lower. And I'm like, if Portland got Ron Holland, I'd like that fit a lot mm-hmm. for Ron Holland and Portland. If you had Scoot, Shaden Sharp, and Ron Holland, I'd be pretty angry. <laughs> They'd be very fun and very determined and very passionate. To, but like if Ron Holland went to like the Wizards and the Wizards are like, okay, Ron Holland's our, our number one. I'd be like, no. Yeah, that's not what you want. You want to draft Ron Holland to be a complimentary piece. Yep. And some team might, like we say fit is everything. Some team might get the number one pick and be like, we have a number one guy, but Ron Holland will be a fantastic piece for us. And then they'll say, yeah, we'll take Ron Holland first. Doesn't mean it's a bad class. I, I just think we put too big of expectations on some of these guys and, I really, really like Ron Holland. I, I I think he's right on track. Obviously, the dream is if the shot comes around to be consistent, then maybe right. we get into another world. But, I mean, what do you think, Metcalf? Is from seeing him at Hoop Summit, is there anything that, like, you're like, okay, maybe there's a world in which the the ceiling is a little higher than where I was expecting when it comes to his basketball role. I just think a lot of these guys are going to be awesome second, third options. 
And that's yeah. not a bad thing. It's like you're going to get a huge boost for your team. Yeah, and something that you mentioned a couple times with him was just that unending confidence and that his self-belief is extraordinary. And every setting that we've watched him in, that jumps off the screen. And that's really, really important when we talk about intangibles and stuff like that, because I think that just raises his floor. It may not change what his ceiling is, but it I think that self-belief and that confidence and that willingness to figure out what the other team is doing and then adapt to it mid-game, mid-series, mid-season, whatever, is so important and really raises the floor of what he could be because that tells me that he's not just this high-energy athletic defender. It's a high-energy athletic defender who's going to figure out the little niches in the offense where he can make an impact. He's going to figure out what the defense is doing and how he can adjust to it to make an impact. Those type of guys are long-time starters at minimum. So seeing him have that kind of rough first half and then come out in the second half, change little things in how he played, how he approached the game. Maybe that was coaching, but he accepted it and he took it on and still implemented it in game. And for an 18, 19 year old to do that um, in his first, you know, pro game, yes, it's an exhibition, but his first pro game, I think is a really important and really encouraging sign um, for how coachable he is, how intelligent he is, how, um, you know, the, the humility he has and the, the, the ability to be like, this wasn't working when I was doing this, let's shift some things around and come out guns blazing and, you know, knock down a couple jumpers, get to the rim, get fo- or force fouls, uh, crash the glass, get out in transition, be a, a havoc maker on, on defense and force some turnovers. That was really, really encouraging to me. I still have a ton of questions with the passing consistency, with the shooting mechanics and all that, but the intangible stuff, the motor, which I never doubted, just to be clear, um, all that stuff really quelled a lot of concerns that I had at halftime because it's like, okay, he he gets it and he wants it and he's actively showing that. I mean, Jairus Walker was our boy. He just got drafted with, you know, questions of his shot. Top 10 looked awesome at summer league, despite like the shot not being perfect or, you know, being high 50%. You can be a desired asset without the shot being a finished product because Mm -hmm. if you could play great defense now Jarris obviously was unbelievable playmaker but like if you have a lot of boxes checked off where it's like serious defensive upside high motor athletic switchable um high character you know work ethic all that stuff where teams were like we can work with this yeah you don't have to be the number one guy to be a top, like to be a high pick, um, you know, Draymond Green went later in the draft, but Draymond had the same skills that every team wants. Where it's like alpha mentality. He is going to be a locker room guy. He works his butt off on defense. Now I'm just saying, Ron Holland has a path to be a very early selection because he has a lot of stuff going for him. I mean, he's an absolute freak on the court. The defensive stuff's legit. Mm-hmm. 
I don't need Ron to be a 43% three point shooter this year. Oh, I just God, need to nice. see, I mean, it'd be unbelievable. <laughs> I just need to see the growth in the game. And um, I think a lot of teams, like you look at a lot of teams that are probably like, Hey, we're, man, we're one piece away. We're from really getting away from the lottery. And I think Ron Holland could be that piece for a lot of teams. Um, you know, Spurs would take them. So hand Victor and Ron Holland. It's pretty fun defensive trio i'm just saying like he's a he's a connecting piece and i don't mean that in a bad way but it could be a connecting piece that's like there's our defensive guy we have offense we need a defensive guy we need someone that's going to get people pumped up to play on the road in february a week before the all-star break ron holland might be that guy totally agree um i think we gotta we gotta pivot and it's the hour. Everyone's. I think we, we got to do it. Um, let's talk about Modest Buzelis. Um, Do you have the box score pulled up? Of course I do. I'm always ready. Give Stay ready. Uh, Buzelis last night in 26 minutes, according to Synergy, um, had 16 points on six of 13, uh, seven of 13 shooting. Synergy has this a little different. So I'm actually going to go to G League. Sorry. They had, it like, ready. they had it backwards. Seven for 13, 16 points, five rebounds, two assists, one steal, two block shots. And if you didn't watch the game, the box score looks a lot better. It does. Um, it's a nice box score. It's a nice box score. Doing the stats on social media after the game. I was shocked seeing the box score. Yeah. And everyone needs to just buckle up because we're going to be honest here, but I I also think there's a lot of room for, as people are listening to this tonight, he has a better game. Yes. Um, Where do you want to start? Um, Probably a couple qualifiers before we get into this. Yeah. Let's Uh get, okay. (laughs) Yeah. We need to, and we're trying to be upbeat here, but this is what I expected. Yeah. No. So, in so many we're, words, we're we're going to be honest. Yes. Um, we also want to be wrong long term, and we also want him to succeed. We are not rooting against any of these guys. We never will. That's not what we do. Uh, we do not root for failure or any of that stuff. Um, but we're also going to be honest and not bullshit. He was really bad. It was bad for eighty percent of the game. He had a very impressive finish to the game that I think saved his box score. Yes. Most of those numbers came in the final five, six, seven minutes of the game. Now everyone just buckle up. Cause I, I, like McCaff says, this is no bullshit. We don't, I don't need to bullshit here. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If, and I hope I'm wrong. We're, we're trying to root for all these guys, but we've said this on a previous episode previewing Buzelas. And I said, I don't see it as a number one guy. I said, yeah. I don't see the number one pick hype and we said we're worried about him and correct me if i'm wrong but i think we said we're both worried about him dealing with the physicality i'm worried about him creating off the dribble yep i'm not worried about him as a shooter um stand still yeah i'm not worried about him as a catch and shoot guy i was just like i'm worried about him as a here's the ball go get a bucket and my biggest belief, I felt it deep in my heart, is that Bazellus and the G League are perfect for each other. 
but I would not be shocked if he struggles for first couple months because he's got to figure out how to adjust the physicality, the not being the guy. He's playing with a lot of talent right now and they're going to rotate people in. They're going to, you know, okay, next guy in. It's just going to take some time to adjust. That's why Ron Holland's in-game adjustment was so impressive to me mm-hmm. because I, I expect these guys to struggle. It's their first game in a while. It's a different type of competition. They're trying to figure out how to, you know, play amongst each other. Um, but there was a lot of times last night where I was like, I, I say the ghost factor is always my biggest red flag. I was like, oh gosh, Bazellus is in, which is he's six t- 10 white skinny guy. It's pretty hard to miss him. Um, I just think it's going to be a, a, a confidence thing. I never felt like he was confident last night. I feel no. like he was always trying to f- kind of find his groove, find his spot. It's okay. I'm probably one of the lowest guys on Bazellus this year. It's okay. Let's give him some time. Let's let him try to figure things out. Um, I don't know. Take it, take it over. I, I, I'm trying to be optimistic here. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I, I think the confidence point is a big one and it was the complete inverse of what we saw from Alex Sar, where Sar came out confident on both ends of the floor, ready to go super engaged on both ends. I never really got that from Buzelis. I He looked like a deer in headlights for most of the game with the speed, the size, the physicality. His skinniness and lack of strength really popped last night where Perth was able to throw a 6-3 point guard on him defensively for most of the game, and he never really punished him for it. Um, or yeah. I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say most of the game, but for uh, there they were a couple stretches of – numerous possessions where they did um and they didn't really figure it out on how to punish him um the lack of athleticism with buzelis i thought really popped last night i didn't think he was a good athlete in high school but when you're 610 and can dunk you look a lot more athletic than i think you really are and everything that he did last night was at one speed and not in a good way um he struggled to create off the bounce uh he looked timid with the ball in his hands um i defensively there were some flashes because i do think he is a really smart defender i think there are some rotations that he made that were really encouraging i think he moves his feet really really well where he's always on balance slides his feet really well is in a good defensive stance he's just slow and that just puts a really strict cap on what you can be and it's going to take a lot of mental adjustments because he's going from what being one of the bigger and you know above average athletes on the court to now being kind of average height for his position below average strength and probably below average overall athleticism for his position that's a really tough adjustment to make and it's going to going to speak it, he's really going to be tested this year and I think the G League is going to be a really tough route for him in terms of improving his draft stock. I expect his draft stock to get demolished playing in, playing with the Ignite 
but I do think it is the best option for him to get NBA ready. So I, I would be come draft time. I would be pretty surprised if he's a top three pick. I promise that I was thinking this before this game. This is not a one game. Oh, I knew you were. For me. I'm backing you up. Um, I knew you were. We've been talking about this for the last three months. What else but, do we have to do in our lives? Like, but but it is the best option for him in terms of getting ready for the NBA, where I don't think the college game would have necessarily done that, but he would have put up way better numbers and looked more dominant in the college game. Absolutely. I There's nothing wrong with what you said, and people are going to be furious, and it's fine. I, I've felt this... I hate to put this comparison, but it's just my... I'm trying to use honesty here it's my first time i reacted this way and it it made me go watch all of his high school stuff um he had all this buzz with that mcdonald's all-american game and it was the first i mean we were that was middle of what the last year's class and i was like fine i'll watch it like Mm -hmm. let me get familiar with the upcoming slate everyone was hyping up buzellas and i was like okay fine like let's see what this kid's got and there was times in that game I forgot he was on the court and my first thought was he looks, he, he doesn't look confident. He, he doesn't look like he knows what to do when he's not the guy. And he just looked like he was trying to kind of find his groove and that's fine. It, the McDonald's game is always fool's gold because it's usually pickup style and other guys are going to look better in that environment Mm -hmm. than the other. It's fine. I'm not overreacting to that. But I was like, the confidence doesn't look there. And I was like, what am I missing? So then I had to go watch all of his high school stuff. I said it to you guys. I was like, I see where people are intrigued with Bazellus. I'm starting to see it now. But last night gave me the same sort of PTSD where I was just like, this is exactly what I've seen before. He's going to flash. He's going to look good. No doubt about it. But I can't. Right now, my overreaction is I cannot take him in the top three. Um, I think he will go down some boards. I think some teams will be intrigued. I could see middle of the year things start to click, and we're Mm -hmm. like, okay, here we go. He's going back up, and maybe he does end up back in the top 10. But there's just a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions going into last night's game, and I don't think any of them. Got answered. I, I and no. that's why we don't overreact from one game. But I'm just saying, I could see a world in which he does continue to struggle. Um, was there anything last night? And be optimistic here. Mm-hmm. Was there anything last night that like you're like, okay, maybe we could work with this. Like uh, maybe this could start to build something because he did. He did he, look he, better in the end of the game. Yeah, and and that's it. That he just kind of kept going and that he kept kind of fighting through it. And yeah, the game was out of reach and whatever. I I don't remember what rotations were in for Perth, um, but it was a 20 point game. But he started to kind of find his groove a little bit where he had a, you know, a transition alley-oop, you know, a couple of assists, uh, mid-range jumper. There were there started to be some flashes of him kind of figuring it out. Uh, There was one score uh, or he may have gotten fouled. I don't quite remember but he had a nice you know behind the back move um and attacked the rim i think it might have been an and one finish for him which was was like yes thank you that is really nice that's really perfect the problem is that 
the next possession he tried the same move and the guy stonewalled him because he it's one speed but that that ability his, his resiliency and coming back and fighting and still putting up numbers i mean we both think they were kind of inflated and don't necessarily represent the impact that he had on the game but he's still got those numbers and those numbers on their own are impressive and you have to be out there doing something to get those numbers so that is encouraging for me going into Friday's game and going into the regular season that one that hopefully one, two, three bad performances aren't going to derail him and you know knock him off of what a lot of people hope and expect that he can be. I hope that he kind of turns it around. I would like to see him be a little more active as a shooter. Um, when that ball swings to him, I want to see him let it fly. I thought he was really hesitant with that. And it's like, man, you are a lethal spot up shooter. If that ball gets swung to you and you're on the corner or on the wing, put that up. Stop trying to break down a guy and, you know, just simplify your game. Take a deep breath. Calm down. You're one of the best. You are one of the top recruits in the country. Just simplify your game and do play to your strengths early and then start to experiment and play outside your comfort zone once you start figuring out the basics. I said it last night on the stream. I said, make it. And I can't believe you just said it. I was like, that's why I love Metcalf. Make it simple. He looks like he's trying to do too much stuff out there. And I was like, just start from square one, man. Like just make it simple. Like he had a, a catch and shoot face up where he didn't do much. Just a little jab, put it up, hit nothing but net. I was like, there you go. Make it simple. Then he had a catch and shoot three hit that. Um, I think he also had another one where you're talking about like he hesitated and I was like, don't just let it fly. Like, this is what you do best. Um, and like, we're not, they threw Jordan Usher on him to start Mm -hmm. the game and Maxwell even called it out on the stream. He was like, oh gosh, like Jordan Usher is going to bully him. He was a problem. It's last year at Georgia tech and he's six, 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 seven, but he's stocky. And I mean, Bazellus would cut through the lane off the ball and like, almost as if he was going through emotions, guys were shoving him. Guys were like, Hey, this is the NBL. Like we're used to throwing elbows and pushing guys around. And it, and I was like waiting for him to kind of get pumped up and react to that. And it just never, so he's going to have to deal with that. And I, it's not going to go away. Mm-mm. Like that's going to come. It's just going to get worse. It's going to get worse because you're going to start going up against 25 year old guys that are clawing to feed their families and try to get on an NBA roster. He's going to have to adjust to it. And it's okay that it didn't all happen last night. And I'm still optimistic about some stuff could figure mm-hmm. out. I just said, I don't see drafting Bazellus as a top pick to be a potential number one option. I think he could be this raw third piece that yeah. could shoot the crap out yeah. of it. And the one dribble you, you said last night, um, or you just said, he went behind the back and the guy looked at him like, what are you doing? Like the defender, he was just like, this isn't high school. Like come, I'm right here. So I think he's just going to have to figure out the speed, the nuances of the game. It's mm-hmm. fine. I'm not, I'm not overly worried. I just also, when I say my questions weren't answered last night, my doubts were my, my preseason doubts where I was like, this might be a little bit more of a developmental project than yeah the media are hyping it up to be. So like I said, I hope I'm wrong. 
I'm prepared for everyone to listen to this. And tonight he drops 35. I'm ready. God, I hope so. That'd be fun. That'd It'd be, be fun. Great. I want I'd it. Be, it'd be awesome. I'd, you know, I'd be listening to stand by Eminem in the dark for two hours straight. I'd be like, well, I guess I can't, I guess I don't know what I'm talking about, but, um, I'm patient. I'm going to be patient with him. It's going to be a, a wait and see mode for, for me with Bazellas. I'm not going to overreact and put him at 25th on my board right now. Okay, uh, let's move on to some of the other guys in this game. Um, any names that you want to touch on? I want on you first, to pick. You always, you wanna... you, no, no you always make me, me. pick. You pick. Please. Get Please. someone. You always pick. Who, okay. who jumped? So London we just Johnson. talked about three. Okay, London, London Johnson. Johnson. Why, did, why did London jump, jump out to you? That dude looks like he ate the former London Johnson and combined bodies. Um, <laughs> he was good. one of the skinniest dudes at Hoop Summit and all G League last year. And that dude has added some serious weight and muscle. Uh, there's definition in his arms, but his legs look huge. Um, obviously, that's a little compared to what it was, but you know, all of the preseason always put on 20 pounds of muscle reports. This one looks legit. And it it wasn't just adding weight for the sake of it. It really impacted and showed benefits in how he played too, where he didn't have the most dominant game, but I thought he looked really unfazed running the offense. He just looked under control, looked comfortable, attacked the rim, initiated contact, got to the line a couple times, moved his feet well on defense. I thought there were really, really, really encouraging signs from London Johnson, and he was one guy who, where coming into the season, I was like, meh, it's whatever. But seeing the body transformation and just how slow and comfortable he played and how relaxed he looked out there, it was like, God, this is – he's really starting to kind of exceed my expectations right now. I thought he looked great um, when it comes to just like it was like the first thing me and you said was holy crap he put on weight and it, and like you just pointed out it wasn't a bad weight it was just like seeing him in person in Portland that was the first thing that jumped to me I was like man he's skinny I was just they, like it, it's they kind of hit him in Portland too yeah it, it, just thin um, I'm gonna while you're talking I'm gonna find out his Portland measurements. Cause I'm convinced he, like I joked last time. I was like, he looked like he gained 20. Yeah. Like it, it, it le- was legit. And it's then the cameras in leg day. No, has not been skipping it at all. And it, and the camera zoomed in on him once. And I was like, yep, he is humongous. Like he, I was just like, how much, what did he eat? Like this much weight that fast. So, um, but I thought he just played, he played the game the right way. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a buzzkill. London Johnson's not going to be a top five pick. But he looked like he understood how to play the game, how to run the show. Um, I think he had like eight, three, and six. Um, and I, I think his numbers all year are probably going to be really underwhelming. But I don't expect him to necessarily be a starting high-level point guard for his entire career. But I think it, what he is showing is that he's he's got a really good chances of being a long time backup point guard and the threshold for that position alone, um, let alone starting point guard is really high. Now it is really hard to make the league as a point guard. And if you can be a second or third point guard um, on a roster, it shows how good you are and how much you understand your responsibilities and how to run an offense and kind of 
pick your spots when you're needed, but then also get everyone else involved. And that's what I think he really showed last night was that he just kept the offense moving. He kept the, you know, the ball never really stuck with him. He picked his spots. He didn't force shots necessarily. I'd like to see him force a little more with his jumper and see what that really looks like. Um, See if there is a lot more upside there, but what he showed last night, it was like, this dude is going to be in the league for a while. And he might, he's probably not going to be an all-star. He's not going to be a superstar, but he's going to be on rosters for a good amount of time. And that, that physical transformation was so encouraging. He was listed in Portland at 163. Um, the Ignite have him at 181. I, team I bet he's closer to 190. He looked 185 at least. I mean, it, even that much, if it's yeah. just 18, it's amazing. That's a lot. That's a lot. Of in that time, like less than a year. My goodness. Um I'm just saying, like that it just shows he's been working on his game. And and you made a great point last night. I was like, you know, it's gonna be tough in this class. Um, a lot of people are gonna talk about like, oh a weaker class let's throw that crap out the window no it's not a weaker class there's just argument over number one like the anthony edwards class we had the same questions we were like who's number one all year we were talking about it. is it lamello is it anthony edwards turned out to be a good class when when ant went one i am and i had those right right or did i just mess up no yeah what and Ant went and Lomelo yeah. were in the same class. Sorry, yeah. I, I had a I had a brain fart for a second. Um, I think this class is you're gonna have to be really. It's a lot of guards on my preseason board are, are foaming at the mouth. A lot of guards, so you're gonna have to do something really special to make a charge as a guard in this class to get up some boards. But I think London could be one of those sneaky guys that you get later. That's just like, hey, London knows his role. He plays the game the right way he's going to have some games where he has some, some nice scoring nights, Mm -hmm. but I think it's going to be more impressive. And NBA scouts might want to see this from him of like, can you run the show and put everybody else in position to succeed? Yeah. Scouts pay attention to that. Um, The right team pay attention to that. Playoff teams pay attention to that. Of like, Hey, we got London Johnson as our backup point guard. Let's develop him. Let's, you can be a change of pace guard. And then we look up and London's carved a, a lengthy career out of, knowing his role, playing it to a high level. So that's a guy that wouldn't surprise me. He has a better game Friday, um, box score wise. But I think, you know, he, he pressed me. I think he missed a couple shots that I liked the attack. It just didn't fall. Yeah. I think they just like fell short, but like the the line was good on it. The mechanics are solid. So I was like, that's encouraging. Show me more, please. Yeah. couple of those fall and we might be looking up being like London had 12 with six assists, you know, it's so you never know. I, 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 I'm intrigued. The frame scared me in Portland. Yeah. And then he went to work and I was like, okay, here we go. So, um, one of those names now that I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep a close look on London Johnson all this year. Yeah. And I, I think something that we've both kind of danced around with him is at that position, at that size, NBA teams don't really care if those guys can go out and drop 40 a game because 
in the NBA, they're really never going to get the opportunity to do that. Small guards are a dying breed in the NBA. So having the ability to take care of the ball, to be just competent on defense, and then to run the show on offense, keep the ball moving, get everyone else involved, get them good shots. And then when the ball swings to you and you're spotting up at the top of the key, you can knock down a three occasionally. That is way more important and desired for a backup point guard than a guy who can go out and get 40 on a random night. NBA teams don't really care about that for that position. And I think in London last night was on the right path of showing I can run an offense. I can get these guys going. I can make the right decisions. And that was, that's just really, really encouraging to me. Yeah. You're not, you're not drafting point guards these days to drop 40 unless you're taking them in the top five, top 10. Um, and look, it, it's the NBA. Anybody could have their night yep. at any time. But there's guys that are really smart that realize like, hey, I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how can I make a role of doing this for a very long time? Patrick Beverly realized Ish he's Smith. never going to be. A, yeah, Ish Smith. Yeah. Um, back in, Andre Miller back in the day. Like late, late career Chauncey Billups. Like, can you run the show? Be smart. Put everyone in position. The team's better when you're out there. Yep. Take control. Like you can make a long career if doing that. And teams will want to have you. So um just because you're not six five point guard with this bag, it does not mean you can't be a very, very exciting player for teams to look at it and be like, We got London Johnson at 28. There's our our backup point guard to to groom for the future and we're excited about him. And I'm just throwing a number out there, but that's the smart teams do that. They, they find a position. They're like, we have a starting point guard, but let's bring in a a young hungry guy. That's smart, plays the game the right way. Can be a great, you know, piece to, to groom for years to come. I, I, I'm excited about him now. I needed this podcast because now I'm excited about London. So thank you, Metcalf. Um, Who else? Well, someone else that a lot of people are really excited about is Isan Almanza. Um, what were your what were your kind of thoughts on him? Um, probably different than you're gonna feel. So this is gonna be a, a nice little one, and then we can hot take it. So or just rapid fire. So um, I know we're a little over time, but I appreciate everyone being patient with this podcast. Almanza, I feel like. It was a solid, if that's, if that's like the, the bottom, if that's kind of almost like, like he looked rough sometimes. I thought he was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept saying it on the stream. I was like, man, he's big, he's big body and he moves and he, he looked thicker than at. I remember. Days. Yes. I, I, he looked much broader. Um, might've been the camera guy for the G league zooming in 40 times. I don't know. Um, but Almanza had some flashes. I think he could be, and I, I have my database. I don't know if I'm wrong right now, but it says he's 18 and he's not turning 19 until June. Did I do that right? Whatever. I'll find, I'll find it in a second. He could be the one to get the most excited about for the ignite when it comes to the growth throughout the season. They're going to play what the biggest schedule, uh, ever i think they're gonna have unbelievable amount of games that's gonna be a big deal for a lot of these young kids a lot of reps um 
And I think they're going to do a good job rotating where it's being like, hey, you get load management should come into play with these kids because mm-hmm. of so many games. And I just think he's going to be one to like just just monitor. Last night, I, his handles kind of drove me a little crazy. He lost the ball a couple times. But I just want to see the progression throughout the year. He's going to be one I'm constantly checking in on because I think he's skilled. I think he's got showed some defensive flashes last night, showed some some nice stuff. There was some stuff I was like, eh, we got to clean that up. Um, but I, I'm intrigued. Um, I'm a little bit more intrigued, which is weird. I'm a little bit more intrigued last night than I was before because now I'm like, this this is the Ignite guy to watch. This is the guy, the Ignite, find the best version of himself and unlock it. Like, this is, you know, I I love what they do with their developmental staff. I think they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very high on Jaden Hardy and still am. I was like, they they know what they're doing with Jaden Hardy. They're trying to get him ready for the next level. I think with Almansa, they're going to, they got a fun one to work with. So I'm not going to overreact to his preseason stuff, but um, I know you were a little cooler on him last night, which I completely understand. And I, I'm back. I, know, I was I was a little cooler coming in. Yeah, to the game too. Not I'm like first round intrigued. I'm not top ten intrigued. I can't quite get there. Um, at U19 FIBA, he was insanely productive. I mean, the the numbers that he put up every game were absurd. Um, a lot of it felt like it was because he was bigger, more athletic, and outworking everyone, which are, are really good skills, and that's not nothing. But it didn't scream versatility or, you know, it, it, it felt kind of fool's goldy to me. Um, now, he put up really good numbers again last night, and I expect him to put up – it wouldn't shock me if he essentially averages a double-double all year because of how big he is. Um, and how hard he plays. I, I expect him to kind of probably average around 12 and 10 for the entire season, which would be absolutely incredible. I'm not trying to downplay that at all. Um, but I think what we saw last night was how much his impact can kind of drop off when he's going against guys his size on every possession, um, going against guys who are as strong as him, where he can't just beat them off or, you know, w- w- by lowering a shoulder or something like that. So the handle was really worrying. I thought that, <laughs> I thought it was awful. Um, I think he had like three, four, maybe five turnovers where he just kind of fumbled it out of bounds. Maybe that was just nerves. He's too excited, you know, amped up, all that stuff. You know, it's one game. I whatever. could buy that easily with him. But, but if that's a real issue where it's like, oh, he can't face up and have a rip through two dribble drive, that takes a lot out of his game. He was showing that kind of stuff at U19, so I'm, I'm willing to give him a pass on it for now. But if that pops up again Friday and early in the season, it's going to be, okay, this might be an issue. But his rebounding instincts, the positioning on both ends of the floor, the constant motor, all that's really intriguing. I didn't see the top five, top ten stuff that some people have been pushing, um, but as a mid to late first round center, there's a lot to get really intrigued with i'm just not sold on the offensive skills being there like it is with some of the other uh centers in this class i mean on my on my ridiculously early big board i had him at five so i i'm expecting 
a big oh boy bounce back Friday. And it, it looked last night like he was trying to do too much and trying to figure out and trying to showcase and we'll see. Um, so, so we're about 20 spots apart on him. So what am I missing that you're seeing? That's just a guy I think in, in the range of this draft where I think if you were swinging on potential, the problem I have with him is every time I watch him overseas, looks like a different player. Um, watching him last night, watching some of the OTE stuff, different player, just two different players. Um, and it, it, you could put it as the OTE fit. I completely get that, but there's a confidence level that needs to level out. If you're trying, you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, makes sense. Back home in FIBA playing for his home country, a lot of confidence, probably feeling good. Mm-hmm. Is it just a confidence thing? Is it just, let's wait and see because I think he's skilled. I think he's got some playmaking stuff. I think he's got some defensive upside. I, that's the range where like I get the potential of of what he could become. But last night woke me up a little bit. And I still liked a lot of flashes I saw. But I, if there's one guy I'm expecting to have a much better performance yeah. Friday, it's him. He's at the and, top. And of he class. wasn't bad. I, I, I no, no, sure it, it, it was just a lot of like, eh, but I was expecting that there was gonna be one guy that kind of let it down, and then you know, I just lukewarm about a couple, and then Ron Holland and Sar were fantastic. Friday easily could be the opposite where Sar has a rough shooting night, Holland's little, you know, maybe has 13 and four, and just kind of missed, can't hit a shot from downtown, and then we look up and it's like, oh, Almanza had. 18 and 11 with three blocks. And it's like, okay. So, and Buzelis look great. Going to happen a lot. I, I just am buying into that range of like, okay, he can, he'll figure some things out. Like I said, folks, my big board, I'm looking at it. I got a long way to go. So I could completely re-rank these, you know, and I, I mean, I look at him and then I look at someone like Klingon and the more I watch Klingon, I'm like, man, if he takes another step this year, why couldn't he be the first big that goes? Because it's just, Almanza, I need to feel like he's going to dominate. And last night, I feel like the physicality almost like you were kind of hinting at really showed up as like noticeable when it comes to like defenders kind of muscling up and stuff like that, if that makes sense. Okay, uh, the last two names that I have are Bob, Bob Sane and Tyler Smith. Um, I thought both had really solid games. Uh, Sane, I think, is just kind of chaos personified. Um, the dude looks like a defensive end, uh, freak athlete, super strong. The shot is, you know, there would be nice where he goes four of six and then others where he goes 0 of eight um, with four turnovers. I, I don't think there's necessarily a ton of middle ground with him, but when it things are clicking, um, I think there's a lot of fun to be had with the kind of scoring, the off ball scoring. um, And then the defensive upside is still awesome. He was super erratic last season with the ignite, but really athletic, really high energy um, and a lot of fun. And last night or in their first game, it, it was a lot of that, but a little more controlled. So I, I thought that he looked like he had taken some really good steps in the right direction. Um, 
And then Tyler Smith, I was really impressed with his off ball scoring and kind of team defensive stuff. Um, I, I think his on ball stuff has a long way to go, but I'm also not sure that that's ever really going to be a skill that he's asked to really execute or something that's really ever going to need to be part of his game. But the way that he cut, he had a couple baseline cuts that were just perfectly timed and just beautiful. Uh, shooting off the catch looked good. The team defense stuff looked good. There, there was a lot to like from both those guys. I thought. Absolutely. I thought, you know, Darlin didn't play, which is a bummer. Um, sounds like he's not playing Friday and they're kind of taking it easy with him. So that's the one, if you didn't, if you watch the game and you're like, who else? It's like, well, that's a big one to, to wait and see for, but I thought Tyler Smith and Baba Carr look great. Um, definitely were some of the pleasant surprises of the game. I mean, like Smith was an intriguing name coming into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and last night he kind of put himself on the map of like, I mean, a lot of people might be like, we need to watch him a little closer. And I just like how he played the game. Um, yeah, I like how you put that with Baba Carr. He is a, he is a chaos factory. He's wild card city. It's going to be fun to watch him. It is. They zoomed in on him, and I was terrified. I, I was literally <laughs> like, "That is a defensive end," like Metcalf just said. So, ignites fun this year, folks. Like, just if you're scouting, if you're a hoop fan, watch this team. They're going to have a lot of really fun pieces. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not overhyped. This is one of the best teams they've had, and every night they're going to have, you know, some really interesting prospects to watch. Some nights it might be feeding one guy a little bit more to try to get him to develop than other guys. I'm already excited for Friday. Um, it just feels, it felt great. It felt great to, to be back in this Metcalf. And you got any other thoughts? Yeah. I mean, last thing, any of these guys making the green room. Currently we only have one member. Jacoby Walter, have any of them done enough to gain entry? I can't. I I don't know if we can fool around with a green room invite after one game. Okay. Can we can we revisit this next week after Friday's game? We we can. Do do we want to put any names in yellow? Guys who are you know j- 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 just waiting on the bouncer to to let them in. I think SARS and. Yeah, Sar has received. He's he's in yellow. Yeah. If if Ron has another good game, I know every. The problem is everyone's like, oh come on, Ron's easy. No, we need to. This has to be balanced and patient and. Um. Sar, I just I'm buying, motor. He's also French, so we get to keep up with foreign relations. We'll put him in yellow. Okay. We got to we got to further investigate, review it, and okay. then we can make a final verdict. I actually started working on um, green room stuff for wow, for the upcoming year. See, I, I promised. I'm a man of my word. So um, <laughs> I started it. I kind of liked it, and then I was like, I can make this way better. So I need to get. I need to pull that one back up. So, right. um, but right. yeah, let's put them so, in yellow. That's good. Right. That's good. So Alex, are, I'm going to put Ron Holland in yellow too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we might have two and, entries. And, I feel good about that. And we'll revisit after Friday's game and, and figure it out next week. And, may, and hey, if they both have a bummer of a game on Friday, then we tough. That, yeah, that, then wait. tough. The, the, the club's not the, – the club would will be at capacity. So Yeah, club's closed. <laughs> 
Rucker, this was a blast. Uh, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can find me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. He is Tyler Rucker. You can find him on Twitter at Tyler underscore Rucker. You can find all of our merchandise at noceilingsnba.bigcartel.com and all of our written work that's 100% free at noceilingsnba.com. Just click that subscribe button while you're there. You can follow us across all socials at noceilingsnba and on YouTube at noceilingstv where you can also watch this podcast. Please make sure to go over there, subscribe. we got a lot of fun stuff uh, and a lot of really fun video content coming this year um if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to subscribe leave a review and a five-star rating until next time see ya